Hey, Wordmaker, and welcome to Making Words, a podcast for and about writing-ass writers. Each week, I will share practical tips on various topics, including writing tips and tricks, news and advice about the business of authoring, and cultivating a holistic approach to managing both. So whether you're a seasoned author or a beginner with a story to tell, I want Making Words to be your guide to navigating writing and publishing from idea to done. I'm your host, Tasha L. Harrison, and let's get into what it takes to make the words. Last week, we talked about mindset and how to shift your negative thoughts to create positive outcomes that lead to success in your writing career. Today, I want to share how and why I've become a mindset evangelist. First, let me state that it's not my plan to treat this podcast as some sort of audio diary where I tell you about all of my struggles as a writer. That's not the goal here. But sometimes sharing a bit of my writing journey will help me get to the point. Call it a cautionary tale or me just sharing some good advice that I didn't take. Anyway, I said all that to say that I'm going to get a little bit personal in this podcast. Anyway, I said all that to say I'm going to get a little bit personal in this episode. If you met me in early 2020, you would have met a person who had recently quit their job in healthcare to write and edit romance full time. I was burnt out from working in that field. And when they told me they needed me to move to night shift, that was the last straw. This wasn't really a hard decision for me to make. I'd planned my exit strategy for several years, had a good roster of editing clients, and a file full of ideas I was dying to write. So I quit my job in December of 2019. Then in January, COVID hit, lockdown ensued, and I had to rework my plan almost immediately. At that time, I had one of the strongest support systems for my creative businesses that I've ever had. With the help of fellow creative entrepreneurs, I figured out how to rework my plan. I started Wordmaker's Writing Community on the heels of a successful writing challenge, 20K in five days. I wrote six books in two years when I was previously a one book a year kind of author. It was quite literally the most successful period of writing and editing up to that point. I'm still super happy and proud of what I created and accomplished during that time. It was also my first time working full-time from home. It was also my first time working from home full-time and in the midst of lockdown, the words work-life balance meant absolutely nothing to me. Who can balance when you're working from home in a capitalistic society that only rewards productivity? So... By the summer of 2022, the inevitable happened. I hit a wall. The relentless pursuit of my goals had led to an unexpected and unwelcome result, burnout. And let me tell you, no one was more surprised than me. I spent those three years joking about being 10 steps ahead of burnout, only to be completely swallowed by its flames. I spent three years joking about ten, be, mm, 
I spent three years joking about being 10 steps ahead of burnout, only to be completely swallowed by its flames. Now that I'm on the singed edges of burnout and on my way to recovery, I realized that I didn't truly know what burnout was or how it felt. If I had, I would have known that it was truly Delulu to imagine that I could ever escape it considering the way I was working. Last week, we talked about mindset and how to shift your negative thoughts to create positive outcomes that lead to success in your writing career. Today, I want to share how and why I've become a mindset evangelist. First, let me state that it's not my plan to treat this podcast as some sort of audio diary where I tell you about all of my struggles as a writer. That's not the goal here. But sometimes sharing a bit of my writing journey will help me get to the point. Call it a cautionary tale or me just sharing some good advice that I didn't take. Anyway, I said all that to say I'm going to get a little bit personal in this episode. If you met me in early 2020, you would have met a person who had recently quit their job in healthcare to write and edit romance full time. I was burnt out from working in that field. And when they told me they needed me to move to night shift, that was the last straw. This wasn't really a hard decision for me to make. I'd planned my exit strategy for several years, had a good roster of editing clients, and a file full of ideas I was dying to write. So I quit my job in December of 2019. Then in January, COVID hit, lockdown ensued, and I had to rework my plan almost immediately. At that time, I had one of the strongest support systems for my creative businesses that I've ever had. With the help of fellow creative entrepreneurs, I figured out how to rework my plan. I started Wordmaker's Writing Community on the heels of a successful writing challenge, 20K in five days. I wrote six books in two years when I was previously a one book a year kind of author. It was quite literally the most successful period of writing and editing up to that point. I'm still super happy and proud of what I created and accomplished during that time. It was also my first time working from home full-time, and in the midst of lockdown, the words work-life balance meant absolutely nothing to me. Who can balance when you're working from home in a capitalistic society that only rewards productivity? So, by the summer of 2022, the inevitable happened. I hit a wall. The relentless pursuit of my goals had led to an unexpected and unwelcome result, burnout. And let me tell you, no one was more surprised than me. I spent three years joking about being 10 steps ahead of burnout, only to be completely swallowed by its flames. Now that I'm on the singed edges of burnout and on my way to recovery, I realized that I didn't truly know what burnout was or how it felt. If I had... I would have known that it was truly Delulu to imagine that I could ever escape it considering the way I was working. For clarity, I want to take a moment to define burnout and its symptoms here. Burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. Originally identified in the 1970s by psychologist Herbert Freudenberger, 
burnout was first used to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals experienced by people working in helping professions, like doctors and nurses. However, it's now understood to affect individuals across various professions and life scenarios. The key aspects of burnout include emotional exhaustion. This is the feeling of being emotionally drained and depleted of emotional resources. It often manifests as a lack of energy and a feeling of being worn out. Depersonalization or cynicism. This involves developing a negative, callous, or excessively detached response to various aspects of your job or life experiences. Reduced accomplishment or efficacy. This is categorized by a decline in your feelings of competence and successful achievement in your work or personal life. Burnout differs from stress. While stress typically involves too much pressure that can motivate and energize you, burnout represents a feeling of emptiness and being mentally exhausted, devoid of motivation, and beyond caring. Literally, you have no fucks to give and no desire to even borrow or buy any future fucks. So how do we get here, friends? What exactly causes burnout? Burnout can result from various factors, including prolonged or chronic work stress, feeling a lack of control or autonomy in work or life situations, unclear or overly demanding job expectations, working in a high-pressure environment, lack of recognition or reward for good work, work work-life imbalance, lack of a social support, or isolation. The symptoms of burnout can be physical, emotional, and behavioral, including chronic fatigue, insomnia, forgetfulness, or impaired concentration, physical symptoms like heart palpitations, headaches, or gastrointestinal pains, increased illness due to lowered immune response, loss of appetite, anxiety, depression, anger, or irritability, detachment or feeling alone in the world, loss of enjoyment in activities you previously enjoyed. Sounds like hell, doesn't it? Well, it absolutely is, friends. 20 months later, as I reflect on my recovery, I want to share with you the invaluable lessons I learned. Lessons that led to designing a new way to approach planning and help me repair my shitty relationship with productivity. I want to pause for a moment and give you some advice. If you're firmly in the grips of burnout, don't read or listen any further. You won't be embracing any kind of mindset shifts or new approaches to your work until you understand where you are in this process. It's important to recognize the signs of burnout and take steps to manage it. If left unaddressed, burnout can lead to serious physical and psychological illnesses like depression, anxiety, and heart disease. Seriously, stop right now and take care of yourself. So, like I said, I was burnt the fuck out. I actually didn't realize how burnt out I was and how long it had lasted until I was finally able to finish my latest book, The Love That Remains, and get it ready for publishing. First off, so much had changed on the back end of several distribution platforms that it took me longer than usual to set up. While I was in there, I realized that I haven't published anything since May 2022. I don't know why that was a surprise to me. I knew I didn't publish anything in 2023, but for some reason, realizing that by the time The Love That Remains went live, it would have been 20 months since my last release. That rocked me. 
This was in, in late October of 2023 that I realized this. So I immediately dove into finding solutions because normally I'm a solutions oriented type of person. I prize myself on being able to write my way out of or around any block in my writing. Remaining stagnant was so unlike me. However, as an avid journaler, writing my thoughts and feelings about writing into my writing notebook every day was the only thing I didn't let slide. I knew that if I was going to find out what caused my burnout and how to get myself out of it, I would find it in those journals. As I read through my cyclical thoughts about writing and running an online business, I remembered something my friend Erica Corday said to me, you give too much. I need you to keep more for yourself. As a recovering people pleaser, this is not the shit I wanted to hear. She says it to me often and I still hate to hear it. Love you, friend. But in those notebooks, I saw the evidence of how often I gave and gave and gave, keeping nothing for myself. I gave a lot of my creative energy to my editing clients and my fellow word makers, which I don't regret, but it also meant I didn't have anything left for my own creative work. This led to an anxiety spiral of epic proportions. I began to hand off things within the group and scaled back to only running one right in a week until September of 2022 hit. And it was then that I knew I needed to take a longer break. Thankfully, my moderators stepped up to handle some of the heavy lifting because 30 days stretched into 90, then 120, and suddenly I looked up and it was September again. I began to ease my way back into the group in September, but something still fell off. My energy was off, which affected the group's energy. To be honest, I didn't think the group would survive into 2024. After doing some deep shadow work and reading through those old notebooks, I was able to find a solution that saved me from burning it all down. In those notebooks, I realized that the group I'd created to support my writing process no longer supported me. It worked well for others because I was working for them. Let me run that back. I quit my job in 2019 only to create another job for myself when all I wanted to do was write. How could I ever begin to hold space for authors if I convinced myself that this journey was solitary? This wasn't something I could plan or write my way out of, friends. I needed a mindset shift. Unlike my usual tough talk about writing and the business of writing, this wouldn't be solved by putting words on the page. I needed something that nurtured a holistic approach to my craft and myself as an author and community host that ensured sustained success and fulfillment in my writing endeavors throughout the year. So I began with what I needed and wanted for my career going into 2024. Here's what I came up with. I wanted to lean into my strengths versus focusing on the things I struggle to do or think I should do. I wanted to acknowledge my challenges and allow myself the grace I would allow any of my fellow word makers as I work toward improvement. I wanted to pay attention to the opportunities available to me and take advantage of them instead of overthinking the reasons why I shouldn't. I wanted to find a way to interact with the larger writing community without feeling stressed or discouraged by what's happening in the publishing world. With those wants and needs in mind, I brainstormed with my good friend Erica as she wrote her book about shadow work, Who Are You? Now available where you buy books. And what came out was the word maker mindset. 
During our first group planathon of the year, I shared that word maker mindset with the community. Each element of the word maker mindset is meant to guide us through the trials and tribulations of writing, publishing, and marketing while balancing creativity and strategic planning. So where do we start? Well, we begin by focusing on our strengths, challenges, opportunities, and awareness. Our strengths are the bedrock of our writing personas, whether it's an ability to craft relatable characters or a flair for vivid world building, these innate abilities are our secret sauce. By recognizing our strengths, we can cultivate them in a way that allows our skills to grow and instill a sense of pride in the words we create. Challenges are inevitable. Whether we struggle with plotting or the complexities of building a social media presence, these hurdles are part and parcel of what it means to be a writer. I made sure that in my process, I advocated for a compassionate approach to these challenges. It's about embracing them with a spirit of improvement and resilience, not self-critique. Because it's often in the heart of these challenges that we find our greatest growth. Looking back over my career, I realized that there were lots of opportunities that I either ignored or self-eliminated from due to fraudy feelings or fear of change. Whether it was a new literary trend, an offer for collaboration, or pushing projects off my schedule because I thought they would be too difficult to tackle, I've missed out on things that might have changed my career trajectory. This was mostly because I wasn't focused on growth. My productivity was founded on a scarcity mindset, feared that I'd be forgotten if I didn't write and publish the next thing. I saw those opportunities as challenges, challenges I didn't have the time or energy to overcome. I let fraudy feelings stagnate my growth. And this process, this word maker mindset is designed so I no longer do that. Awareness is merely keeping the pulse on what's happening in the larger writing community. It's about staying attuned to the subtle shifts in reader preferences, market trends, and industry dynamics. Now, I know that spending time on social media can be a distraction and, in some cases, a demotivator. We see publishers, agents, and editors perpetuating biases and bigotry, authors behaving badly, and readers telling everyone who will listen about the things they hate and never want to read. It can be hard to sift through that noise, but staying aware is a necessity. Honestly, starting from there made all the difference. It made it so much easier to see exactly how to approach my planning. But it needed something else. It had the structure, but lacked the thing that would encourage me to implement it. You see, if authors are good at one thing, it's dreaming the impossible dream. We craft people and worlds from scratch, so dreaming big isn't a huge stretch. But as I was writing this, I realized that goal setting is distinctly different from the intentionality required to set weekly objectives and daily tasks. If goal setting is where we dream big and shoot for the stars, weekly and daily tasks are where all that planning and goal setting fall apart. This gap between aspiration and reality is the most significant mindset shift many of us need to make. We often overthink our process of getting a book from our magical minds into the hands of our readers. We overwhelm ourselves by creating a long to-do list of all the steps before we even begin to write the story. This often makes the planning process either too ambitious or stagnates the process altogether. 
the word maker mindset breaks the task of planning, completing, and marketing your work into three phases, foundation, creative, and publishing. This compartmentalizes everything you need to bring a book to life so that you can focus on your book project in a way that makes sense. So let's talk about these phases. In the foundation phase, laying down the structural groundwork of your novel is akin to building the skeleton upon which everything else will be fleshed out. Okay, that metaphor sounded better in my head, but recognizing the importance of aligning your plot with the overarching vision you have for your completed story ensures that every element of your story, from the setting and theme to character arcs and conflicts, resonates with the unique voice and style that only you can bring to the table. This phase is critical because it sets the direction and tone of your entire project. A well-thought-out foundation ensures that your narrative doesn't veer off course and that every subplot, character development, and narrative twist moves the story forward in a way that is authentic to your vision. Understanding how to navigate this phase means appreciating the balance between a structured plot and the flexibility to adapt as your characters and story evolve. It's about ensuring that your narrative is not just a collection of events, but a coherent and engaging journey that reflects your unique perspective as a word maker. Okay, I can hear the Discovery writers, my favorite little chaos monsters in the background saying, this phase isn't useful for me because planning and plotting isn't part of my process. Okay, okay, I'll allow that. But for discovery writers, those who craft their stories through exploration and intuition rather than strict outlines, the foundation phase looks a little bit different, but still exists. Y'all can use this time to immerse yourself in the world you're about to create, setting up signposts and themes that will guide you through your journey. Instead of detailed outlines, consider identifying a few core elements that will anchor your story key characters, a central conflict, and perhaps a thematic question you want to explore. This approach allows you the spontaneity and organic growth that discovery writers thrive on, while also providing a loose framework to ensure the story remains focused and cohesive. This method respects your natural storytelling instincts while ensuring that the essence of your vision, your unique voice and style is woven into the fabric of the narrative from the outset. Also, incorporating visual inspiration into the foundation phase can significantly enrich your storytelling process. Creating Pinterest boards, mood boards, and aesthetics that evoke the mood of the story are fantastic ways to immerse yourself in the atmosphere of your novel. These tools serve as a creative reservoir that you can dip into whenever you need a burst of inspiration or a reminder of the emotional landscape you're aiming to create. For instance, a Pinterest board filled with images reflecting your story's setting, character inspirations, or thematic elements can help solidify the world you're building, making it more vivid both in your mind and on the page. Similarly, playlists that capture the tone of your story or the personalities of your characters can be invaluable during the writing process. Music has the power to quickly transport us to specific emotions or moments, making it easier to tap into the desired mood for a particular scene or character development. 
And this is for pantsers and plotters. You might also consider immersing yourself in the genre or theme of your story through all forms of media. Reading books within your genre not only helps you understand genre conventions and reader expectations, but can also inspire new ideas or approaches to your own narrative. Try listening to podcasts about writing within your target genre. Interviews with authors in your genre or analyses of stories similar to yours can provide insights into craft and the process of storytelling that you might not have considered. Oh, also, you can watch movies or TV shows in the same genre, too. Those can stimulate your imagination and help you visualize scenes, character dynamics, and plot development. These activities can act as a creative springboard during the foundation phase for both discovery writers and plotters to help you soak in the essence of your story without the constraints of a detailed plot outline. So there you have it, you little chaos monsters. The foundation phase does work for you. You can use it. The creative phase. This is the phase where the magic happens where the plot outlined in your foundation phase begins to breathe, grow, and take on a life of its own. It's a delicate balance between adhering to your plot structure and allowing for the spontaneity of creative inspiration. This phase underscores the importance of maintaining your unique voice while navigating the challenges of bringing your story to life. Understanding this phase involves recognizing the need for discipline setting and achieving daily or weekly writing goals, for example, while also embracing the fluidity of the creative process. It's about giving yourself permission to explore new directions or delve deeper into your character's psyches as inspiration strikes, even if it means straying from your original plot. This flexibility can lead to a richer, more compelling story that fully captures the essence of your vision. Side note. I am not telling you to write every day, so don't think this is a directive to do that. The creative phase is not about creating strict boundaries. Rather, it's about establishing rituals, habits, and routines that will make it easy for you to show up on the page whenever, wherever, and however you want. And finally, the publishing phase. This phase marks the transition from the private act of creation to the public act of sharing your story with the world. This phase requires a shift in focus from writing to revising, editing, marketing, and selling your book. Understanding this phase means recognizing the importance of quality editing, cover design, and formatting, as well as the nuances of the market and the best strategies for reaching your target audience. Navigating the publishing phase effectively involves not only understanding the business aspects of publishing, but also managing your expectations regarding how your book will be received. It's about learning from the experience, gathering feedback, and using that knowledge to grow as a writer and a marketer of your work. Now, why is it important to know how to navigate these phases? Knowing how to navigate the three phases of novel creation is crucial for several reasons. It ensures that your novel is not only well-written, but also resonates with readers and stands out in a crowded market. It helps you maintain a clear vision and purpose throughout the writing public process. It helps you maintain a clear vision and purpose throughout the writing process, ensuring that the final product is something you can be proud of. Additionally, understanding these phases prepares you for the realities of the publishing world, equipping you with the knowledge and skills needed to successfully share your work with readers. 
Understanding and navigating these phases allows you to craft stories that are not only true to your vision, but also structured and presented in a way that maximizes their impact and reach. It's a comprehensive approach to storytelling that encompasses creation, refinement, and sharing, ensuring that each step of the journey is approached with intention, understanding, and a deep connection to your work as a wordmaker. All of this is tied to consistent and mindful self-reflection. I mentioned earlier that I keep a journal and write in it regularly, almost every day. I find a lot of value in getting my thoughts and feelings down on paper before, during, and after I create a novel project. I'm dialing that up within this wordmaker mindset because I know you can't change what you don't track. Regularly evaluating my strengths, challenges, opportunities, and awareness, coupled with mindfulness, keeps me aligned with my goals and adaptable to change. It also helps me spot the places where I need to readjust because I tried to girl boss too close to the sun. It empowers me to create a plan that is flexible and allows space and opportunity for experimentation while also accommodating rest and recovery. Overall, the Wordmaker Mindset is about embracing the full spectrum of the writing experience, from initial spark of an idea to the final act of sharing our work with the world. It's about recognizing that each step of the journey, with its triumphs and challenges, is integral to shaping not just the stories we tell, but also the storytellers we become. And all of this integrates self-care, ensuring that you remain flexible, resilient, and capable of responding adeptly. Now, a lot of you are probably thinking, This ain't all that groundbreaking, Tasha. Why should we adopt this over all the other ways of planning and navigating our writing career? Facts. It's not groundbreaking. Like every planning strategy out there, it doesn't work until you implement it. The real shift begins when you apply it to your publishing plan for the year, your writing process, your self-editing, your marketing, all of it. It's the filter that you sift all of your planning through to make sure it's aimed toward growth and incorporates rest. For example, I mentioned that one of the things I know about myself is that I have a shitty relationship with productivity. My self-worth is tied to seeing the physical evidence of the work I've done. So when I'm in a creative season, which is typically in spring and to early summer, I'm always pushing myself to create more so I can have more physical evidence in the form of money and books. Going into 2024, I knew I needed to create a different strategy and restructure my planning to reflect this new approach, this new mindset. Within this new mindset, I had to relearn how to be comfortable in my creative process and allow that to drive my career rather than forcing it to be something it wasn't. So now that I've established these building blocks, I combined all of them, my strengths, challenges, opportunities, and awareness as well as the three stages of novel creation, and I began to set my SMART goals. We all know what SMART goals are, but here's a quick refresher. SMART goals are a framework for setting clear, achievable objectives. The acronym SMART stands for specific, the goal is clear and well-defined, detailing what needs to be accomplished. Measurable, the goal has criteria for measuring progress and success, making it possible to track achievements. Achievable, The goal is realistic and attainable, considering available resources and constraints. Relevant. 
The goal is important and aligns with broader objectives and purposes and time bound. The goal has specific has a specific deadline or time frame for completion, creating a sense of urgency. So small aside, I'm making a little bit of a genre shift this year and trying my hand at writing a Southern Gothic. I've been writing contemporary romance for 12 years now, so I wanted to make sure that I didn't start this project only to immediately abandon it once it got too hard. While I've done a lot of writing about this world and the characters in it, this is the first time I'm going to attempt to write the book, which means this project is firmly in the foundation phase. My smart goals within the wordmaker mindset during the foundation phase would look something like this. Quarter one, foundation phase. My focus is planning the first novel and laying down the groundwork for others. In January, I outline and plan the Southern Gothic novel. I research the genre and I do some character development. February, write the first third, write around 20,000 words. Aim for a consistent Monday through Friday word count between 750 and 22K words a day. Take Sundays off for rest and reflection. March, continue writing the first novel. Aim for a consistent daily word count, but be flexible according to creative flow. I also planned a weekend trip to see my besties during March, and I wanted to make some time to make sure I have a quarterly review, which we do as a group in Wordmakers. This strategic planning process is how I'm approaching my work all year, and it serves as a guide for the members of the Wordmakers writing community. So as we wrap up today's episode of Making Words, I want to leave you with some actionable steps and resources to help you navigate your writing journey within the Wordmaker mindset, even if you don't join the community or buy the book. Here is how you can apply what we've discussed today and keep the momentum going. One, reflect on your writing goals. Take a moment to clearly define what you aim to achieve with your writing. Remember to make these goals smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. This clarity will guide you through challenges and decisions that you need to make as you complete your novel project. Two, identify your strengths and challenges. Write down a list of your writing strengths and the areas where you face challenges. Acknowledging your strengths will give you a boost of confidence, while understanding your challenges will help you focus on areas for growth. Three, set up a regular writing schedule. Consistency is key in any craft. Determine a writing schedule that works for you and stick to it. Whether it's daily or a few times a week, the regular commitment will foster discipline and enhance your creativity. Four, engage with a writing community. Find a community of fellow writers for support, feedback, and inspiration. This could be in online forums, social media groups, or local writing groups. Sharing your journey with others can provide motivation and new insights. Five, invest in learning. Dedicate time to improve your craft through workshops, courses, or reading materials on writing. Continuous learning is a core part of the wordmaker mindset, and it helps you stay adaptable and innovative. Six, practice mindfulness and self-care. Writing is as much a mental endeavor as it is a creative one. Incorporate mindfulness practices and self-care routines into your life to maintain a healthy balance. This will help you maintain stress and keep your creativity flowing. Seven, utilize writing prompts and exercises. To combat writer's block or simply to refine your skills, make use of writing prompts and exercises. They can spark new ideas, 
offer new perspectives, and will sharpen your creative writing techniques. Eight, keep a journal of ideas and inspirations. Carry a notebook or use a digital app to jot down ideas, snippets of conversations, observations, and anything that inspires you. These notes can be invaluable seeds for future projects. And nine, reflect and adjust regularly. Periodically, review your goals, process, and progress. Be open to adjusting your approach as you grow and as your writing evolves. This flexibility is a strength of the wordmaker mindset. By incorporating these steps and resources into your writing process, you'll be well-equipped to navigate the complexities of writing and publishing with confidence and creativity. It's not just about producing words. It's about cultivating a fulfilling, resilient approach to your writing life. Also, inside the Wordmakers writing community, we're shifting into the creative phase to gear up for 20K in five days, our quarterly writing challenge. During this challenge, participants will receive our 20K in five days prep week workbook, a comprehensive workbook to help participants prepare and plan their writing goals, twice a day Zoom write-ins with the 20K in five days crew, where you can gather with like-minded writers to do Pomodoro sprints and get words on the page. Mm. Also, free membership to the Wordmakers writing community at the community level, where you get to meet an incredible crew of writing-ass writers who will offer ongoing support and motivation during the challenge. It's five days of planning, five days of writing 4,000 words a day, so let's do it together. Prep week begins March 6th, and the challenge begins on the 13th. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to Making Words with Tasha L. Harrison. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your fellow authors. Your support helps us reach more word winkers like you. If you have any topics you'd like me to discuss or questions you want to be answered, hit me up on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter using the handle Making the Words. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep nurturing your creativity, keep challenging yourself, and above all else, keep making those words, you writing-ass writer. Thank you.